Hey, what's up? Eileen here. I wanted to say thanks for listening to the podcast today. Hey, if you'd like to accelerate your revenue through high ticket offers, head on over to AccelerateMyRevenue.com and grab a free ticket to our five-day challenge where you'll discover how to do six and seven-figure days using virtual events. Let's dive in to today's episode. Lamar runs something called Traffic Sales and Profit. Or is it profits, Lamar? It's no, no S on the end. You said it right no the first time. Traffic sale People and always profit. mess it up, but you said it right. <laughs> okay, traffic sale and profit. And he's like a Huffington Post contributor. He's been like all over major news networks. He also, okay, he also has this like crazy cool headquarters he just built, right, Lamar? Yep. He just built this. It's like so insanely amazing. You have to go watch, like be friends with Lamar on Facebook. And he also, he, what he's doing is he's helping African-American business owners. He has a crazy, hyper cool community that's like just growing and blowing up their businesses. The community, what, what I would love to kind of extract from you, Lamar, is just also how did you build such a like highly engaged super supportive community. Like it's, it's crazy, crazy cool. And Lamar has also done several seven figure days um, with his events. So Lamar is just like a wealth of knowledge, entrepreneurship, marketing, sales. Lamar is just like one of the coolest people. Let, let, let's just be clear in, on, on the planet Earth, right? <laughs> so I want you guys, while you're listening to get your questions ready and, um, we have, it's like a real gift that we have here with us right now. So Lamar, thank you, thank you so much for sure. being here, being up for the interview, sharing some of your wisdom. Um, what I would love, you know, our students here in our community is really into virtual events. You know, we, we love virtual events because they have that transformational aspect to them. You know, people can become almost a different person. We like to say like there's that immersion causes conversion. In, in the mind. So will you tell us a little bit about your experience with events and how they've helped your business and your community grow? Sure. So my wife and I have been doing some form of events. Uh, I think we probably did the original ones. Um, like I said, we started together in December, 2007, probably around, uh, would have been 2009. We did movie screenings. We did start out with doing documentary films. We had no previous experience. Uh, started doing docs around our original brand, which is around marriage. Uh, then we would do our own tours, seven to 10 city tours, which virtual events are much easier than doing seven to 10 city tours, y'all. So li <laughs> listen, listen to what Eileen's telling you. But we did seven to 10 city tours. We would sell them out three to 500 people in each audience. And then we went from there to doing um, conferences. We've done workshops. We've done cruises. We've done four cruises with our married couples. And, and primarily we were doing with our traffic sales and profit community before the pandemic was doing two live conferences per year. We do one in January, one in June. The June event, we grew from 47 people in 2016 to the last in-person one we did in 2019. We had somewhere between five to 600 people. It was like 500 plus people, right? So we had more than 10X, 10 x it. And as the pandemic hit, like everybody else, we said, oh crap, right? Because what happened at that June event is when we would open up our mastermind program. And that is where we had our, you know, our seven figure days, we would sell into a high ticket program and get a lot of people into it. So we can begin the process of having transformation and, and converting with them. Uh, so I know everybody you always have listened already knows the importance of converting, but something I was telling my communities a few days ago, Eileen, in case you have somebody listening to the podcast, I mean, they may be stuck in that area is that you need to be able to sell so that you can serve. And if you can't sell people, most of the time you'll never be able to serve them because you'll never convince them that you have the answer to what their actual problem or challenge or situation is. I think events are the best way to be able to take someone in a short period of time, right? Because, you know, two or three days or whatever, one day, like whatever it is, it's a short period of time in the grand scheme of thing, but be able to get them to know, like, and trust you, to be able to show and ex let them experience your authority, uh, to be able to show them that you have uh, for one, before you even show them you have to answer their challenge, show them that they're not the only one with this challenge, that it's something natural. Because I think a lot of times people get stuck in their own way where they think that what they're going through, they're the only person in the world going through it. And as everybody on here knows, they're never the only person in the world going through it. And to still show that, hey, this program, this product, this service I have helps overcome that. And there's no better way than live events or excuse me, events to do that. So mm -hmm. what happens is the pandemic hit, we went from 
oh crap, what are we going to do? Because we still need to be able to do these events to move people to where we need to move them to. And we pivoted to virtual events. Um, by doing virtual events, we did not slow down. The business still grew. Uh, we still added people to the programs, right? We still kept our normal pace of growth. And it, it really saved our business, right? And what could have been a very uh, tough situation allowed us to keep doing what we need to do so that we can keep serving the people that we need to serve. I love it, Lamar. So good. So what, say that lining that you just said too, again, Lamar, you said like, unless they, unless they sell, they can't serve. Exactly. Right. Yeah. We, we have to be able to, to sell so that we can then be able to serve. Cause what I find is that most people have a heart where they want to serve people at the highest levels, but they get stuck on the sales part, Absolutely. <laughs> you know, but again, right. If you can't get somebody into your program, then you can't give them the benefits of what the program actually does. So, mm-hmm. so you're not doing them a service if you can't actually convince them that what you have, what you offer is the answer to what they need. I love that. Joe was just talking about how like we got to stick with simplicity and stick with the fundamentals. And so it's like from that, I just heard from what you just said, like, unless we're selling, we're really not serving. Exactly. At the highest level. So, so it, good. It, it makes no difference how good your program is. Nobody's in it. Right, right, right. hundred percent. So, so tell us, and, and Joe, feel free to like chime in here too. Like tell, tell us about Lamar about like, how, what are you using right now to, um, to, to get people excited about your events? Like what is, what is your like kind of filling events system kind of look like right now? Sure. So a lot of, of, a lot of what we do is what we did before. We just tried to change and figure out how to do it virtually. Okay. So, um, you know, whenever we would, would sell tickets and, and we got another event coming up, so we're actually in this process right now. Whenever we, we would sell um, tickets before, one of the, we had like a, a multi-step process to how we always would sell out our events. And we get pretty good. So where we, we would sell them out like, you know, two to three months in advance, five months in advance, and we moved to a bigger venue to be able to recreate the whole thing again. One of the most important things I always talk about is your sales timeline for how you sell tickets and what price points you sell tickets at. Um, the very first thing we always do is we offer a pre-sale to people that have already attended an event, mm. right? Always like the people that have already spent money with me are the people I'm always going to treat the best, the people I'm always going to respect the most, and the people always give the most opportunity and benefit to. So by starting with those people that have already paid money with me, they've already experienced an event, I don't have to convince them what the event is, right? They've already experienced it. So I can start right there and say, hey, just for you guys, normally I'll do like a 48 to 72 hour sale just for previous attendees and say, hey, this is your chance to get, you know, X, Y, and Z event at this uh, special price that they want. Uh, once we come out of that, then we'll go into regular early bird. And for us, we know the majority of tickets we sell will be sold during early bird. So that means that the most marketing, the most ad spend, like the, like whatever we're doing, right? The most talk, the most hype, all of it needs to happen during early bird because as the price keeps going up and up and up, then that like, you know, the, the conversion rate goes down and down and down. So we get very specific on like Joe's cracking me up over. I love this. I don't yeah, I'm sending them hearts. I'm like doing heart emojis over here. Like I love Lamar already. Please keep talking. Be careful. Like I, I get hype real easy. So don't, you know, you can send me off the charts here in just a second. Hey bro, that, like I, I don't know if you know how it is here, but we just have chatch up in here. Okay. So do your thing. Like <laughs> so, so that's it, right? So we move from early bird. Like I said again, we know that we need to do the most in early bird to convert the most people because because after early bird ends, that's going to give us a pretty good view with how that event is going to trend, right? Uh, so we want everything. And then we also realize that the main time people buy tickets is right before the price goes up. So not only, right, what happens when we, when we first put tickets on early bird, we're going to get all the people that immediately know they want to attend. They're going to buy right away. They've been waiting for tickets to go on sale. Now, during that period, we're going to be, you know, uh, pushing, promoting. We're showing videos. We're showing highlights. I'm doing lives, like whatever we can do to build buzz around the event itself. We're doing speaker announcements and then knowing that, hey, that last, you know, one week period before early bird closes is when tickets will move like crazy as long as we're making sure that we're showing up and doing what we need to do on our end to make that happen. So uh, that'll happen. And then we'll have at least two more price increases up again. Right. The reason we do two price increases is because the main time people buy tickets from us is right before the price jumps. So uh, we want to have more price increases in there. So that gives us a chance to sell another bulk of tickets along the actual way. And, and if I could add one more thing, Eileen, a big mistake I think people make around events is I think people put too much stock in, especially people that are new to events, they put too much stock in who's speaking at my event. Mm. 
right? I'm talking from an organized perspective. Good. And, and what they think is, hey, you know, I got to get this speaker. I got to get this person. I got to get that. And, and for one, you make your money from an event when you first plan it. And too many people will plan an event and set themselves up to fail, whether it's virtual, in-person, whatever, because they've created a budget with speakers and people like that that they actually can't afford. So sometimes I've seen people have budgets where if they sell everything they got, they still won't make the money back on what they've done. Now, now this is the benefit of the virtual events because that drastically cuts you know, the hotel budget out, food and beverage and things like that, but I'm still cognizant of that. And then the other thing I'll share with that is that um, the reason I say, you know, speakers and all that thing are, are important. What most people don't realize is that the reason most people buy a ticket to your event is because of you, not who you got speaking it. It's because of your community. That's it's good. because of the relationship you've been able to build with them, right? It's because they want the information that you have. And, and when you really focus on that community piece of it, right? If that's not a focus, it should be for everybody. If you focus on the community piece of it, most of the time, right? Through our, our old marriage brand, through the business community we run now, we can sell out seats before we even announce who the speakers are. And, and that gives us a lot more flexibility. It gives us a lot more time to do planning and things on the back end because now we have a community of people to say, hey, we trust that you'll do an awesome event. And I just need to be at that event, right? So it doesn't matter. It's not like, who's your keynote? And I'm waiting to see who's going to speak and then I'll figure out if I'm buying my ticket now. It's no, I know what this community does. I need to be in the room when those things happen and I'm ready to pay my money now to ensure that by the time you announce all the speakers and things, those tickets will move and people are going to be there, but I want my seat. I want my access at this point. Powerful. Love it. That, I mean, I'm giving a standing ovation right now, Lamar. That was <laughs> fire. Right, Joe? I'm afraid to get hyped because I know he'll just hype. And then we'll just, <laughs> before long, we'll be like, ah! <laughs> oh So I, I would love to ask Lamar. So I love what you just said, too. The reason most people buy is because of you. So you focus right. on the community piece. So uh, for us here, one of the things that um, Eileen loves to do is like when she has speakers really going to their community um, because that community loves them to help sell tickets. And then one of my favorite things to do especially for people who maybe don't have a big audience is to build like an online challenge, for example, so that I am building a new community before the event, a huge portion. So what, what kind of things are you doing to build? Let's just, let's start with new community. Like what, what kind of things do you do there? That's good. Right. I mean, that's, that's actually perfect. Because what we're doing a lot of now is challenges mm-hmm. and we're doing a lot of challenges to push people into like our continuity uh, membership program and things like that. But again, right, what does that do? That helps that when we're ready for conference time or we're ready to sell events, we got more people in the group that primarily were not there before, right? We run a, uh, we run a free Facebook group, so people are in, and then we build community there, and then we you know, move them to the events and things like that. Um, so that allows the door, right? When I talk about uh, community, it's three things always they lead into community. The first is content. So whatever you're doing, you should have a niche and you should be a subject matter expert in that niche, right? Where people can come to you and say, all right, you know, this person knows what they're talking about. So we do content, right? And it can be video content, it can be written content, it can be questions and prompts. But when people come there, they love the content that we share. The second thing is consistency. Because I think another pitfall that people fall into is they don't show up until it's event time. So all year, right, these people haven't heard from you, they haven't seen you. And if you're just starting when it's event time, you essentially are restarting from zero every single time. And people have to, you know, regain the know, like, and trust. And, and you're making the assumption that when you're ready to start, Facebook is going to show the people that were there before who you are again. That Instagram is going to, like, like the way these algorithms work, you have to be consistent in your presence in front of these folks. Um, so like I said, when you're ready to go, you're kind of ready to go. And then um, creativity, right? Like, what can we do that's different from other groups? How can we speak to our audience, right? Like, how can we show up for them in a way that's different? So then when we pull together our, our content consistent creativity to us, that's what actually builds the culture inside of the group. So we're doing a lot of online challenges where we run uh, five. We, uh, we've been trunking down to five days, but normally we're doing seven-day challenges. Then now we position into five. Again, it builds our authority in the group. It shows our subject matter expertise. It builds a lot of community because like Joe talked about, like we got all these people coming in, but one of the things we do is we tell them, hey, link up with accountability partners, right? Find somebody in the group that you can support and and take this journey along with. And they do. So now just within a few days of joining the group, you know, they've seen me teach, right? So they're like, okay, this guy's know what he's talking about. We've given them actionable things to do in homework. So just by being intentional about their business, they're getting more results than they normally get because they're normally not as intentional. 
Uh, they've linked up with other people in the community through the accountability groups. And the accountability group is not something that we manage. So it's not another task for us. Us, us literally just saying, hey, here's a thread in the group, right? And link up with some people that are, um, you know, doing the challenge and get along with them. And when we show live every morning, tag them and see that they're here. When you post your homework, tag them and ask them if they did their homework. If they didn't, show up for them, right? But it's, it's kind of create more of a culture of community and consistency uh, around everything as well. And then out of those challenges... Oh, hold up, hold up. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Did you hear that? Woo! I just caught me some gold in there. Um, so you, <laughs> I love that. So you have them find an accountability partner. And then when they post their homework or the task or the thing they were inspired to do from the content, they tag the partner to see if the partner did it. And then the, and the partner's tagging them. And so real community, real accountability is being built from day one. Yep. That yep. is beautiful. That and is genius. Some, something else we do to piggyback off of that same piece is during our, during our the length of our challenge, so we, we just wrapped up a five-day challenge a few weeks ago. So during mm -hmm. the length of that challenge, we'll also do something um, that I call MEPs. So instead of MVPs, most valuable player, I call them MEPs, most engaged players. And during the course of that five-day challenge, we actually – at the end of the challenge, we'll give a set of rewards to members that are the most engaged during that five-day span. So what does that mean? It means they show up live on the challenge every day. If they can't show up live, they, you know, watch the replay and they comment, replay and they comment as if they were watching live. Uh, I'll do some like Q&A night sessions. They show up on the night sessions. Uh, they do their homework and post it, but then they also comment on other people's homework that gets posted. So what does this do? This drastically drives up the engagement, you know, in the group where we'll have you know, on, on certain days, right, we have like 50% like of the people inside the group have posted or engaged with something, which is huge, right, with, with Facebook and the way the algorithm works. Um, so those MEPs, most engaged players, and that platform we do there, like, works greatly as well. And then at the end of the, the uh, uh, actual week, we just look and say, all right, you know, who are the people that have engaged the most inside the group? And then we just award uh, different items and gifts to them as well. And, and, and then the other thing we do, this one other thing that we do that's big for the, for the event piece of it, is every day before I come, I just don't come on and just like, hey, I'm going live. And hey, like, just, this is different, but pet peeve. When you do lives, don't go on and say, hey, I'm just waiting. We'll wait a few minutes for somebody to come and just like, you fiddling with your, with your papers and your, don't do that. So what we do is before we go live, we start at 9 a.m. So at 8.45, right? I tell people, hey, show up at eight, 15 minutes early. We got something for you to see, right? We're going to do this. So the 15 minutes leading up, which allows us to fill a room up with people so that we can start closer to nine and not have to wait for people to come in at nine o'clock, um, is we will show pre-roll. Uh, we'll show promotions, right? We'll do different videos. And a lot of the videos I run are from our events to give people that have no idea of what our events are and what they feel like. I'll show them um, sizzle reels. I'll show them recap videos. I'll show them excerpts from speakers at the events. And it might just be like, hey, like a five, 10 minute block of somebody speaking. That was a dynamic talk from the event. And then, you know, uh, it could be people that are totally new to us. But what we're sharing with them is if you enjoy that, you have no idea what you're missing when you don't come to our events. So so we're kind of subtly seeding them about the events as we're actually going through the challenge itself along the process. If, if you're if you're viewing this or listening to this on the podcast, um, I'm actually laying on the ground right now with my <laughs> and there's a meme over me and it says dead. <laughs> that was awesome. That's so good, Lamar. And and you do also like do you you do do you all your challenges, Lamar, in your free Facebook group? Is that how you do it? Do you like I know sometimes you even do like a different challenge sometimes. Is that Yep. Yeah, we do. We do. Uh, so we do free challenge inside of our Facebook group. Right. So what happens? They register for a free challenge. We give them an immediate upsell opportunity uh, to a, a group of resources that I will use for homework. So these might be checklists. They might be uh, email templates. But as I'm giving out the homework, I'll teach something each day and then say, all right, the homework for this day is to send out uh, this email to your list or to send out, you know, it's going to be a, a, a flash sale or something like that. And I'll give them the templates to, to actually do it. But those templates uh, or what we call a success kit. So if it's the Boost Your Business Challenge, it'll be, hey, the Boost Your Business Success Kit. Normally we'll do it like a $17 price point. So it's like a small, tiny offer. Um, but it's a way just for us to separate the free people from the people that are willing to pay and invest in themselves. And then we may have some bump offers or other things for them to upsell. But then that also helps offset our Facebook ad cost upfront as well. So uh, we'll get them into that. They'll use it. 
And then the whole week as they're using it, they're raving about how great the success kit is. Because I think it does, it helps them actually just get the work done. Right. Because, you know, like, like teaching is not the end all be all of people doing work, right? What it is, is they have papers and pages full of notes, but then do they actually take action? So what we do by giving them those actual resources, it gets them about 80% of the way there. If they can listen to what I train on that day, if they can then take a copy and paste template and fill it out and send it out, most of them will get results that they've never gotten before. And then, right, the challenge is all about a transformation. So if I can give a transformation from day one to day five and they say, you know what, um, you know, I've done things I normally don't do. I've gotten results I normally don't get. The logical thing they'll talk about and they'll ask is what's the next step and tying it back to events. Mm-hmm. If I know that you were able to teach me something that I didn't know before, if I know that you were able to get me results that I didn't get before, and if I know that I'm now part of a community and I know that this community is different, y'all, there are a million communities <laughs> Between like Facebook and Instagram and, and Clubhouse, like it's a million communities. How can you all stand out? So if I know I'm in a safe space, why wouldn't I want the next step? And the next step for a lot of you on here is your virtual event. So, so the challenge is the perfect setup to actually making that happen. Powerful, Lamar. Eileen, I love how Lamar, he said it multiple times. I hope the rest of you who are listening are catching this. He keeps using the word community. It's so important to you. You're, you're It's like... It's almost like that's really what you're selling. And and I feel like a lot of times, at least for me, I always think about selling the end result. Um, But community is like a really big piece for you. How would you how would you speak to selling the end result versus selling the community? How do you think about that? Um, I think they go hand in hand because this is this is what I found. Is that when you can build community, right? I mean, a lot, a lot of uh, you know, your listeners, folks on have probably um, heard or uh, read on um, Blue Ocean Strategy, right? Mm-hmm. And the difference between that red, o- like the the blue ocean is the the ocean where the community is at. Because if you can build a community, that's the difference between you competing with everyone else in the world and you not competing with anyone else but yourself. And how can you just make the product and service that you offer better every single time? That oh. that's like I have no need to. Um, you know, spend the budget somebody else may have to spend, right? I don't have to, to advertise and do different things other people have to do because what I do have is a group of people where I show up on, again, consistent, right? I talked about that word consistency. I show up on a consistent basis for them in front of them so that when I'm ready to actually activate into an event, into a challenge, no matter what else it is, they're already, you know, ready, willing, and able to do it. And on top of that, when you build community, those people become your best ambassadors because they go out and recruit other people mm-hmm. and bring them back into the community for you. Did you all hear what he just said? Because I, I personally, you know how I teach everybody, like guys who's here in the room, we, and Eileen and I are always like, hey, you want the dopamine drop? There's like people have the, aha, uh-huh. I just had that from you, Lamar. Thank you so much. I think you just made me like at least five to $10 million with what you just said. I think what you said, and I want to make sure I'm understanding, I think you just said that when you think about results, right? For example, a lot of people could get whatever result that you're helping people get. And so that means there's competition and that means it could be a red ocean. But what I think I just heard you say that I've never had this thought in my life is that because you build such an outstanding and unique community, it is the community that is the differentiator that makes everything that you sell blue ocean because they can have your community. Definitely. So, right. I said, there are a million people that teach what we teach, but nobody can teach it how I teach it. Because because I'm me, right? What does that mean? That means I'm authentic to myself. That means when I when I come into the room, I'm not only sharing what I know, but I'm sharing it in the way that I love to share it from, which means two things. That means I will repel some people, right? Because yeah. they'll say, all right, you know, he's not dressed up enough. I, you know, I want to learn somebody in a suit and tie. I want to learn somebody that has more degrees or more pedigree than he has. But then, you know, for my peoples, I put my flag down in the sand and say, this is who I am, this is who I'm here for. It mm-hmm. attracts more people to me. And I think what what more of us need to do is get more clarity around who we are and around who we want to serve and put that flag in the ground. And and when you make that declaration that, Hey, this is who I'm for, this is what I'm talking about. It really opens up everything to you. It's like you said, you start to move into a blue ocean um, where, like I said, not only is is it people that love you for what you share, they love you for who who you are. And and as we tie it into events, like I said, I don't think there's ever been an event that we've done. Um, conference, workshop, event, virtual, online, offline, whatever, where we had all the speakers lined up before we started selling. And there have been events where we've sold out the total event, not even virtual, y'all, is actually much easier than in person. 
like I'm talking in-person events, 300, yeah. 400, 500 people that we've sold out before we announced who the speakers were. We did cruises for our couples every year where we would do cruises and we would announce who the speakers were on the cruise the month before we cruised. Mm. So what does that do? As the event organizer, that gives you all of the power. That gives you control over your budget. <laughs> that gives you, again, right, that gives you trust because these people trust you. They trust, it's not so much about who's going to be there. All they know is, as the event organizer, I trust the organizer enough that they will take care of me. They will look out on my behalf and they will make sure I get what I need from the time I enter that, I get that in transformation we talked about wow. a second ago to the time I actually, you know, leave the venue, I log off of Zoom, whatever it may be. Um, so I'm in a good position to take the next steps in my business or my life. So good, Lamar. Okay, I, my brain's like on fire with questions. Yes. And those of you who are on here, if you have questions, drop them in like the Q&A in the, in the chat here on Zoom. Lamar, could you talk about your events must just be fire? Because number one, listening to you is fire. So, okay, I've already understood. <laughs> like your events must just be like, insane in the membrane, just so much value. Can you talk about what are, what are some like ninja cool things that you're doing in your events that is causing the reaction of the audience to go, this guy is, I, I feel like I'm getting 10 X the value at this event. What are, what are you doing in that? Sure. Moment? Good stuff. So like I said, we, we had what we considered to be amazing in-person events. So we went virtual last year. We said, okay, how can we recreate a lot of things that make the event special, right? Which at the time it felt like we had to be in person to do them, but I think we were able to duplicate and, and you know, bring a lot of those um, to the virtual aspect. So some of the things, like a lot of live events, we have a, a, a DJ at all the events. And, and the DJ goes like crazy. I tell him like, hey, go as hard as you possibly can. Uh, you know, like like during the breaks, you know, we come with playlists. Like this is serious. Yeah. Okay, You're not just okay. willy-nilly DJ stuff out here, people. I mean, okay. this is serious. <laughs> we're very intentional about what the DJ does. That's cool. Um, so when we do virtual, we do the same thing, right? We have the DJ start. We open up, say if we start at 9 a.m., we'll have the, the virtual doors open at 8.30. And we've created an environment now where people actually show up early for the DJ, right? So they're showing up for the DJ. The DJ is not easing you in with smooth, smooth jazz, anything like that. Like, he's going as hard as he possibly can. I want people dancing in their seats. They're dancing in the rooms. So uh, we're streaming most of this through Zoom, right? So we're spotlighting different people as they dance. That's making more people dance. It's getting more people excited. So, so we've had, you know, some of the comments we consistently see is people say, you know, I've never been to a conference where I'm sweaty by the time we start. <laughs> That's the line, sweaty by the time I start. That should be on like, that lunchtime, like literally like 9 a.m. Like these people are worn out tired. Like was, what, but again, that's a big piece of the community piece, right? Of it. And, and they get in the room and they're like, what is this? Like I've never, you know, I'm expecting something boring and dull, but I'm gonna learn some stuff, but I'm here. Cool. And it's like a party, like at 8.30 in the morning and it's going crazy. They have no idea what's going on. Mm. Um, so, so, you know, we do a lot of that, right? Uh, we do a lot of, of um, uh, this is, I'm sure you guys talk about this all the time, right? Before we do anything with the event, we know what we're selling at the end. So I always say you got to start with the end in mind. So before we, we do anything, we start what we're selling and then we create the whole event, uh, reverse engineer it from that so that everything leads up to that point of what we sell and how we sell it, right? Um, so we're going to have of course, some great speakers, right? We're going to have um, a lot of times our community has grown. A lot of the speakers that we have are internal speakers mm -hmm. because all we need is the content and the information, right? Like we can sell a tickets. We know different. We need the content information. Here's a, a trick or a tip I would give for everybody that's listening. Always say that uh, communities like this are vitally important because you need to build a community of people that can one day speak on your stage and you can speak on theirs. And a community of people, what I, my, my thinking, how I operate is, I want a community of people where we can exchange the opportunity to speak and not necessarily always have to be transactional in money as it happens. Because again, that's another way for me to keep my budget down. If I have a group of people that I know will take care of my people, I know that, hey, maybe a situation where I'm selling something and I don't want other people selling, right? I can have a talk and say, hey, Joe, can you talk to my stage? I, I ask yeah. that you don't sell anything. You can do, you know, you can get them on your list. You can do a lead magnet, whatever, but I ask you don't sell, right? Cause you're speaking right before me and I sell my thing and I don't want to take the money out the room. He says, cool. But then I offer that same relationship to him that, Hey, whenever you need me, I'm here to serve your people at the highest level. So I, so one of the reasons I love masterminds and groups is. How many of you think I should have Lamar at an event? How many of you think I should have? I, I do. So uh, that's done, you know? So anyways, I'm sorry. I, no, but, but that's it. Right. So I love mastermind and groups because you can form those kind of relationships 
to where everything doesn't have to be a tied or attached to like, what is the other person getting out of it? Okay. It's like literally people that will just come and serve your audience with nothing attached, as long as they know you will come do the same for them mm-hmm. when the time is needed, right? So that, that, that lowers your, some of your calls. It lowers your apprehension because there are people that will, you will say, hey, you know, you can sell this and they'll come sell something else. There are people when they say they won't sell that will come on your stage and do all kind of crazy stuff, right? So that, again, that's the, that's the benefit of what? Community. And even a community like this, right? A mastermind or group anointed has people that are experts, that can serve, that have a heart for service, um, and still that can make everything happen that need to happen. So, you know, we're going to have great speakers. Um, one of the things that we had to start doing is at the virtual events, people miss the live connection because we do a lot of live connecting at lunch, at dinner, in the lobby, over time at the bar, right? How does all that happen virtually? So we definitely, uh, the first time we tried breakout rooms, and we didn't have, we had like room for one or two because I said, if this, if this doesn't go well, it's going to go well bad, right? People just going to be in the room, nobody talking to each other. But when we did it, they actually loved it and requested us to make sure we had more time for breakout rooms. So something we've had to do is we've had things virtual is, is pull in time, not just for, you know, the speaker to speak, but strategically throughout the day, we have different opportunities for breakouts so the, the, the um, attendees themselves can get together. And what I learned is they find that's the premium moment where they can build connection in and of themselves and find out about the other people that attend. Because again, that's one of the differences between the in-person and virtual. I might bump out to somebody, you know, at the, at the soda station or while I'm getting a cup of coffee, but how can I do that in a virtual space and make that happen? So those, those like breakout rooms have been major. We've had to incorporate those into the actual floor of our event. And then the other thing that we did, that we did on, offline as well, that we brought online, is how we structure content. So one of the things that's special about our event is that we don't do short sessions. So uh, most events right now feels like have like 30 minutes. They have like these 30 minute speeches. And any like speaker that's a trainer will tell you, they may not say it publicly, they don't wanna hurt your feelings. They'll tell you like, I don't like speaking for 30 minutes because in 30 minutes, you just can't look at each other. I was like, no, I don't do it. Like you just cannot, you can't, and you can't do, like you need to in that time introduce yourself so people care about you know, why they should care about what you're saying. You need to be able to actually share the information. And then the big thing with us is we always make sure we have time for Q&A. And when you're doing like 30-minute sessions, like a lot of people do, either you're doing a session and there's no Q&A, or you're doing a Q&A, but you haven't had enough time to actually teach everything you need to teach. So we make sure that every session at least is an hour. What that does incorporate at least 45 minutes of training, 15 minutes of Q&A, so that the people get real meat and they get their questions answered. And then the last, last thing I'll add, I feel like I've been talking for 50 minutes here. The last thing I'll add um, is that at the end of every night, this is something else we did in person that we've taken uh, offline. We do something we called uh, TSP After Dark, right? So we do Traffic Sales and Profits, the brand TSP. So we do TSP After Dark. And what we do in person, now we do it offline, is, is at an event oftentimes, so Joe and Eileen, they, they've spoken all over the place, right? They'll tell you no matter what, it's times when they're speaking and they're, they're, they're burning up the stage and time is up. But people want more, right? And normally like people want more, they can't get more. And people are like, I wish, like how many times you've been to an event, you say, I wish I could have heard more from that person, done more with that person. And those after dark sessions, we'll basically have like an hour and a half, a two hour block. Normally it's a two hour block. And what we'll do is the first half an hour is us just doing aha moments, right? So again, that's giving everybody the chance to kind of go through the transformation together to hear, you know, a lot of times when people hear other people's aha moments, that'll remind them about something that was great in that day that they may have forgot about and not taken advantage of. So you've seen that a lot. So we'll do aha moments for the first 30 minutes or so. And then the next hour and a half, we may go back deeper into something that we didn't finish earlier that day. So we're teaching funnels and all this other stuff. And it's like the room just still isn't real clear about it. We'll say, hey, you know, we'll throw 30 more minutes in tonight going deeper in it. Massive value. People love it. They go crazy and they can't get enough of it. The other thing we'll do sometimes, right, with the speakers. Now, if you just have like random keynotes from, you know, Nova Scotia or something that don't know you, they come speak, they get their check, right? They get onto the Zoom, they get off the Zoom. Again, when you have like your mastermind co-members in your community there, it's easy to get them into the night sessions. So a lot of times they'll speak and they'll say, hey, you know, I had a, a, a one of my email copy guys and I had a amazing woman that does communication, right? We did this one night and they say, hey, we'll come back tonight and we'll critique people's uh, sales pages right there on the spot. I'll critique people's pitches on the spot, right? Amazing extra value. This is something we did like three, four years ago. People still remember and say, well, that one time you did the conference and Donnie broke down my page, right? I'll never forget that. Or they told me that I was making the wrong choice. Massive value. And then the other thing we do is now we've started promoting our mastermind members up 
to do some of those Q&As. So again, it gives them a chance to kind of be on the stage in front of people. People see the caliber and quality of people that we have in our actual mastermind program. A lot of times they'll speak to the mastermind program on their own and, you know, people can get their questions answered. And what I always say at our events is that you should never leave without clarity, right? Because we have so many Q&A opportunities at the end of each speaker, at the end of that night when it's just open general Q&A, you should never leave with a question in your mind. So those different things are some of the things we've layered on top of the actual events to make them special and to make them stand out from everybody else. Um, Uproarious applause. I don't know if it would be a standing (laughs) ovation right now. Wow. Eileen, I have some questions, but I know you had some, so I don't no, want no, to. No, 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 I know, Lamar, we're like, so this is, we get so excited talking about events. <laughs> Wave your hands or drop some comments in the chat right now of like, h- how good this is. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know, I've got like a page full of notes. Okay, Joe, let's toss it back to you for some some questions. I want to be respectful of your time, Lamar. I know, I don't know how much time you got. Go for it, Joe. I'm, I'm good, let's go. Yeah, my, my, fir- my first thought is I'm hearing these, um, the TSP after dark. Yeah, so good. Absolutely. And I'm seeing these night sessions and I'm thinking like when I think about orchestrating an event, I I don't know if you've tried this before. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. But my thought is like have the speakers a part of the offer. And so it's like open loop, giving them more time with those so that they want them even more. And then the day two or whatever your your Mm -hmm. pitch day is, it's like they're now part of the offer and people are like, Oh, so it's like, you've got multiple reasons why they want to join. Yep. And we, I tell you what, we'll, we'll do um, a lot of times at nighttime too, we'll make those implementation sessions. So if it's something we teach and we want people to actually go through and actually do it right. So they leave what they feel like they leave. It's important for us at our events that people feel like they leave with something done. Cause again, right. Uh, you know, most people go to conferences, they have pages and pages of notes, but what do they actually get done? So if you can make them feel like, man, I got something accomplished, it's a lot easier to get them into your program, your product, or whatever it is you're selling. Because again, they say, I've only been here two or three days, but I got this campaign done, but I got this sequence done, I got this framework built out, and now all I have to do is implement it. What would happen if I work with this person for the next three months, six months, 12 months? Yeah, It'd be an exponential impact on what I have now. So that, that piece about like people literally getting something done and not just all notes is huge. Okay. That, I love that answer. Thank you. Uh, my second thing is, is, you know, it sounds like you do such a good job on the front end with community and like you've got this highly engaged, connected group and they're loving it. Um, how does that translate for you on sales? Because if they're loving this group so much, the, the thought or concern, I think for some people in the room might be, well, if community is so good here, why do they want to buy community at say the mastermind or high-end coaching level? What, what do you see happen there? Like, is that just make them want it more or does it affect yeah. sales? Great question. It definitely makes them want it more, right? Okay. There's like a running joke because this comes up all the time when there'll be a new person in the group and they'll speak to one of our mastermind members, for example. And, you know, uh, you know, the mastermind member will say, hey, you know what? Because they'll say like one of the greatest benefits of being in our programs is the Facebook group. And the person said, well, I'm in a Facebook group. And they say, nah, you, you, you're, not, you're in the other Facebook group. You're not in the mastermind. And they'll say, nah, you know, I'm in a group. And they'll say, no, there, there's the group and there's the group group. Right? Yes. So, <laughs> so, so, you know, that's something that, that as I'm talking about and I'm opening, when I open up our mastermind, I'm talking about the program, I'm, I'm having to draw out that, hey, again, if you think that you had amazing value in this thing that's over here for free, right? These are the differences. And I will, I'm glad you brought that. I will like point out like, hey, in, in, in this group, you post stuff and you hear answers from the community. In this group, you post stuff and you hear answers from me. <laughs> you hear answers from, you know, these businesses that are on stage. Because now guess what? These mastermind members that I have have spoken on the stage. They mastermind members I have have spoken in the after dark and answered people's questions. So they're not just impressed by me, but they're impressed by the people in the program overall. And when I talk about, okay, because like most of those comments that those people have, once they move into the group, a lot of them stop engaging or answering questions in the main public group because it's a different level of conversation. And, and you know, for the people that want that different level, you know, so again, it's, it's not so much that they even see all of it, but again, in their mind, it's just, okay, if this is what I'm getting for free, <laughs> yeah. what is behind that wall? And then when they get behind the wall, we deliver. So good. So good. 
Eileen, can I ask him two math questions real quick? Yes. Eileen hates yeah. math questions. No, I, I'm learning to love it, Joe. Let's be clear. <laughs> so um, you've done lots of live in-person events, hotel rooms, conferences, I don't know, wherever, wherever you're hosting those at. And then you've done lots of virtual events as well. What are you seeing in terms of two questions on this? One thing that um, we've seen is a slight change in conversion when rooms get over 200, at least I've seen this, um, and because it feels less connected uh, for the people there. And the other thing is a difference in conversion between a virtual room and a live room. What are the difference in conversion rates you're seeing live versus virtual and bigger versus smaller in virtual? So all, so all of our rooms are about the same size, right? So I can't really lend too much to the, to the first one because um, now with vir virtual and in-person, probably the virtual is a little bit bigger, but the big one, the in-persons where, you know, we were between five and 600 with the last in-person event too. So it's kind of over that. Mm -hmm. um, with the virtual, um, last time, uh, Oh, I'll, I'll, Kevin, last time we did a higher conversion rate virtually, but we able we also were able to switch up the event a bit uh, because we were able to make our, our sales event three days versus normally it's two. Okay. And the virtual event actually gave us the chance to test and tweak some different things that we normally, it's just a little bit harder when we do it in person. Yes. Uh, but since it's virtual, like we can just throw all this different stuff in and try and tweak all this different stuff. So we went from a two day sales event where essentially uh, we made an opening pitch um, on day two to doing a, a, a three day event where we still do it on day two, but we got, you know, uh, the rest of that day. And then we got more time afterwards to kind of keep closing and following up. What that did with us when we went from the two day event to the three day event is um, we did not have as many sign up like right away at the start onset of it. But by the time it was done, we'd actually closed a higher percentage just because it was, mm. you know, like they didn't have to like join right then, but they would think about it, make a cautious decision, call whoever they need to call, get yeah. in and then buzz just following up throughout the evening and it still happened. As we do that, the way we'll kind of do it is we will have a, um, a virtual dashboard that everybody kind of goes, you know, to go to that virtual dashboard, which is behind the membership site. Um, and then they go to, you know, click a button to go into the Zoom room. So once we actually open up registration for our programs back on that dashboard page, we will have a link that is a straight Q&A Zoom. So it's always like somebody on that separate Q&A Zoom for people if they got questions and such, then come on as a group, they answer questions. But if you need like to talk to somebody individually about payment plans or, hey, does this fit for me because I think I'm so different, then you know we'll uh, direct that to one of our team members to follow up with a phone call and actually make that happen. Um, we'll have... Uh, uh, we use an app called um, TalkTo, T-A-W-K.T-O, right? Which is, uh, uh, and again, T-A-W-K.T-O. And what it is, it's a live chat tool. So we'll have that on the pages. So if people have questions, you know, because everybody's different, right? Some people feel a little funny about coming to a Zoom and seeing the other people there. So right. they can live chat us if they want. They can email in to support if they want. But no matter how they want to contact us and get questions, we want to answer those questions and make sure they kind of have what they need so they can make decisions. I'll be honest, in open transparency, one thing that we're still trying to figure out is um, normally with our program, like we funnel people in through, this is the community piece. I feel like I'm community, community all to death today. So good though. But one of the things is actually, we don't take people off the street for our program. Meaning it's not just like, hey, a link and you can join anytime. We actually funnel people through our event into the program. For us, it's just created a much better quality of person in a program because they totally know what we're about. They totally know our experience. They know our vibe. Yeah. And, you know, it's been times when, you know, I have a client just featured in, like, say, on a Forbes website, an entrepreneur or something. Somebody will just hit me and be like, hey, I want to sign up. But whenever those people just kind of come rogue, they, they end up being a headache one way or another, right? Like one way or another. So for us, like, we almost indoctrinate them by bringing them into an event and then, you know, getting to where we need to get to. Um, the last time we opened up, our program, I feel like we need to do a better job of that because I didn't see people didn't all the way have the same connection they would have at the live event with us. So they still joined. They, we know we still closed. We got them into the program. But a lot of the um, always say, and this is another good piece about community. With community, a lot of times what you build up front, the people respect you in the process so much that they trust the process a lot more. Wow. And, you know, as most people know, like when you sell like a high ticket thing, like the more they trust the process, the easier it is because they'll just do what you tell them to do. And then at the end is when they get the results versus like, hey, I need to see the whole thing drawn out before I figure out whether I want to do it or not. Or, or, hey, I did the first step and it didn't work. So now I'm shaky about whether I should be here and if this is the right, 
you know, investment for me and that type of thing. But, but as much as we can, um, you know, get them to believe in us and say, hey, you know, we've done this through testimonies, through results, by literally just, you know, uh, what we've done as a community, and it'll work for you too, if you follow the process and walk it all the way through. So good. Lamar. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's give it up for Lamar. So much gold. Joe, I'm sure you have more questions. I just know, I, I want to open it up to the group too. If you have a question, Lamar, do you have a few more minutes? Maybe yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Right? Yep. Okay. Thank um, you for all this, by the way. This yeah, is like, I know. Like the DJ, the night, the after dark sessions, the Q&A room off the virtual. I'm getting so many good ideas. So thank you, Lamar. So if you guys have a question, I would encourage you to, now, now is the time. Lamar's with us. Hit, hit, hit him up. Do you guys have, you have a question? Kind of, um, you got, okay, go for it, Jorge. Lamar, uh, thank you. This is great, amazing value, liquid gold all over. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, you're now at a place where your business is kind of mature, right? But what would be your advice or tip for like when you started? What, what, what were some of the mistakes that you did and what tips and nuggets can you give it? Question. All right, um, great question, great, great question. One of the things, you know, people always ask me when we, when we were still in person, people say, you know, how do, how do you grow this thing to 500, 600 people, 700, you know, beyond and we doing sellouts months early. And what I tell them is that we were able to get to five, 600 people because we didn't quit when we had 50 or 60. And one of the, the, the main things I see happen is that when people don't hit whatever that goal is right away, like our goal for our first event was I wanted 200 people in the room. And I said, Hey, you know what? I'll settle for a hundred. And we had 67, right? It's 47 showed up. And when I used to always tell people we had 67 people come, when I looked at a picture, we, we took, it was so small, y'all, we would take a group picture. So as we took a group picture, I counted, it was 47. I remember half of those people actually got a free ticket because they had bought a course I sold. So it might've been 20 it paid. It was like, you know, maybe 30 or 40, they got a free ticket. All those people didn't even show up. But the main way we were able to keep growing is because we were consistent. And we took that. So every time we do an event, online, offline challenge, whatever, we, we meet afterwards. We talk about what went right and how can we double down on that? What went wrong? How can we get rid of that and improved it? The other thing I'll say, Jorge, is one of the secrets to our success. I don't think I ever told anybody this before. I don't talk a lot, but I'll talk about it here for Eileen, right? Um, was the consistency in the um, limited time frame between each event. So at our very first event, at the end, I stood, you know, to the side before I walked up at the end. And I said, this is amazing. People are going crazy. But I said, you know what? It feels like if I wait until next year, it'll be too long. And what happens is whenever you do an event, right, it's like a roller coaster. People at the, at the top of that roller, they got their arms up. They're ready to scream and yell. This has been the most amazing day, two days, three days, whatever, of my life. You know, I'm in a new program. I want to get in a new program. I'm going to get in the next time when I can afford whatever it may be, right? Um, but what happens is the further away they get from that event, that roller coaster is coming down and all of the energy from the people, the energy from the room, your, the nuggets that you gave them, right? They get back and they back in school. They back with the kids. They back with a spouse, right? They back with family. Like all of this stuff is going on. Life drags them back down. So what I often found is that even when people have a great event, right? If they're doing them annually at the peak, people are excited. By the time they get to next year's event, these people have totally gone off the rails, Right. So one of the things we did um, that was a big key to our success is we spaced our event six months apart. So, again, we did the first one in June and then we say hey, we're coming back in January with one. What that allows us to do is essentially we're always in a sales cycle for an event, because as soon as we come out of event, guess what? We're already promoting the next one. And actually, to, to speak with, with Joe almost got me hype about earlier. At that, I tell people there is no better time to sell the next event than at the event you're at. So if you string together events like we do, when we're coming out of June, the very last thing I say at June is guess what? Registration is open for our January event. This is your chance to get tickets, a special price, only 72 hours, right? Only available this weekend. And I want to support you guys for showing up. Y'all are the most important to me because you've already proven that you're willing to invest in me. So I'm investing you. This is the best price you'll see. And you got until 11.59 p.m. Eastern time, Monday night or whatever, to get a hold of these before we go early bird. Early bird, the price will be higher. What that allowed us to do, the last time we did an in-person event, we sold almost 200 tickets pre-sale that way. Um, another thing I'll, I'll say, right, one more nugget for Jorge, um, is, right, because what our bigger ticket, 
uh, bigger tier programs. These people get tickets as part of fulfillment to their event as well. So when we're doing events, if we can pre-sell 200 tickets, our mastermind clients might have like another 200 tickets. Um, now we got a membership site. Oh, that's, oh that's, I got to tell you about the membership. If we got time, I got to tell you about what I'm doing with the membership site. Because that's that all. now, yes. <laughs> but literally, we could, between pre-sale and our mastermind program, we could go into early bird with 300, 400 seats now already taken. Mm. So literally, we could get there and have like, hey, only bandwidth available for like another three, 400 seats. And we can get the early bird 50% sold out. So again, you talk about moving events. What moves events? Scarcity right? Limited amount of seats, limited amount of time for you to get your ticket, limited amount before, uh, you know, the price goes up or whatever like that. So it's a huge scarcity place. That's how we've been able to sell out events. Sometimes two, three, we had one event, we sold out five months in advance before we knew, moved to a bigger venue to make it happen. Um, so that, and then the, the last thing I'll say about the membership piece of it, um, we have a continuity membership program I talked about before. The original reason I started that, because we said we want to grow these events to like, you know, 3,000, 3,500, 4,000 people per event. We've been doing in-person events. Online and virtual, it'd be even easier to do this because you get so many people. Since we've been doing virtual, so many people have said, Lamar, I've always wanted to come to your events, but I'm a caregiver for my parents. Or, you know, I, I don't have anybody to watch the kids for a week. Or, I, you know, I can't get to Atlanta, whatever it may be. So it's even easier for virtual, y'all. But one of the things we said is, hey, uh, It'd be great if we had like a way for people to kind of just pay into the conference. So they already, you know, want to come. They ain't got to drop like 500, 600, whatever. They can just pay into it. But I say, I don't want to do like layaway, you know, for the conference. I don't want to, I don't want to break it into payment plans. I just want you to pay me and let's be done. But what I actually figured out was a way to actually do layaway for our conferences. And that is our regular membership continuity program. So we have a membership continuity program where people pay into it every month. But in addition to them paying into it every month, what they actually get is, it used to be after five successful payments, you would get an in-person seat. Um, so since you paid us $500 for a seat, what is that? That's a ticket, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, and you know, for what they get, it's a lot of value and information. It builds community because they have their own Facebook group, but it doesn't take a lot of time for me or anybody on the team to actually administrate it, right? It's all kind of like a vault of trainings and resources back there that they access on their own. Um, but now basically what we do is we use the conference for them as a way for them to pay into the conference as a way for them also to stay into the program because you got to be in the program, right? And then once the conference started getting too big, uh, we said, all right, you know, we can't give you a physical seat, but what we'll do is we'll give you a virtual seat to it. And when we go back to in-person events, you can upgrade. And if you want to go from a virtual to an actual in-person, you can upgrade to make it happen. But the thing is, is really, like I said, we built this whole online membership. It's like $99 a month. We just crossed a uh, thousand members. So we got a thousand thirty-four members in it now paying $99 a month. And we use the challenges to um, roll into that, like, like Joe's mentioned, right? A lot of time we roll in that into, from the challenges. So we got this community of people that no matter what, right? Like every certain amount of payments they make, they're able to unlock a free ticket, which is part of gamification and stuff too. And as they unlock that ticket, it actually keeps them more sticky into the actual program because in order to redeem your ticket, you have to be a member in good standing by the time we get to the event. That's amazing. Thank you. I feel like that was a lot for what you asked me. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> always probably like, dude, it's too much. Like, so I, I think your middle name should be over deliver. It's like <laughs> Lamar over deliver Tyler. Boom. In the house. <laughs> yeah. So, so Lamar has this $97 a month membership that people can buy an annual pass for, right? Lamar, is it like yep. 990? Yep. They can do monthly. Yeah, we do monthly or you can buy annual 990. It's $99 a month for 990 for the year. So they get like two free months. Yeah. Um, but we're able to get people in. And, and the, the other piece to that is um, we just really started growing it like heavily last year. But the last time when we, when we did a virtual event in October and we opened it up like 15 we added, I want to say it was like either 42 or 49 new mastermind members and 15 of them came out of that program. Out right? of the membership. Out of the membership, right? Out of $99 membership to like this like $25,000 program. Um, and, and for us, we didn't think like, hey, they would jump from that low to that high, but they did. And then the other thing is we thought they had to be in the program. Like we thought those people would kind of be in the program for like a year or so and then be like, hey, you know what? I've seen enough ready to go. A lot of those 15 people, they've been in the program for like two to three months. Yep. And they literally got in and they saw value inside of, it's what Joe talking like they've been a free group. They did a challenge or something. They said, okay, I'm going to pay this $99 thing. And they got it there and said, oh my goodness, if this is what I'm getting for $99, I got to get into the, the group group 
of mm-hmm. where the mastermind people are, where the seven figure business owners are, of you know where everything is happening, where I get more access to Lamar and his team and, and the people around them. And and basically for those folks, it's like that membership continuity program was just enough for them to see that the group is really what they thought it was. Wow. Yeah. So- Lamar, almost everyone here, like we encourage all of our students to do events because they're virtual, either monthly or quarterly. Um, I love it. So because it's so easy to fill up a virtual room and most of the sales in the last week anyways, (laughs) because they're all meeting, right? The urgency and scarcity. Um, So what what changes or adjustments would you direct um, our our, our people who are part of our mastermind who um, are doing it monthly or quarterly or any any thoughts on that? Yep. Um, again, like, I love it because, like I said, the, the, the as much you that's the great thing about virtual. A lot of times, it allows to condense time frames on yeah. a lot of stuff because you don't have to regroup or pay out the same way. Um, but I love that. One of the things I would do here, here's a, a, a tip, right? In case anybody's not already doing it, uh, we have been using an app called Video Peel, V I D E O P E E L, VideoPeel.com, um, and it's an, it's another one a lot of people use called. Uh, ask something I forget oh, but what yeah. video appeal does is basically I can create like a super simple uh landing page and it's not don't think like it's headlines and all this it's literally just like a page with my name and a question on it but I can send that link out to everybody and when they click on it they can immediately leave me a testimonial review right there from their phone mm-hmm. and it does like they don't have to save it they don't have to shoot it and then upload it to Dropbox anything literally they just click the link and it's like a picture of me and it says hey let me know what your experience was at the event. Let me know if you got value X, Y, Z, and they'll leave testimonials right there. And then I can take those testimonials and actually use them. So when we do our challenges, as people sign up, I'll say, give me your first impression. And I'm able to basically same day or next day, turn around people that just signed up. So if I was doing events every quarter or every month, one of the things in my actual, and you can automate this guys in your process, right? Is that, Hey, you know, uh, after every event, we do a survey. That's another nugget in case you're not Survey everybody after every event so you know how to make it better. But in line with that, I also would say, hey, you know, just click this link and leave me a super fast testimonial, letting me know what you thought about the event. So that way I can use that as social proof to get people into the next virtual event. Fire. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. Well, if you got if you have a question, I um I think we, we actually are at probably at time right now. If you if you if you can take your camera, come back on camera team. I would love for us just to give Lamar like a, a round of applause, a sign of appreciation. Lamar, thank you just you thank brought you. it, man. That was like, and I, I just want to say on behalf of humanity, um, thank you for what you do for mm-hmm. entrepreneurs, for your community, like your commitment, your consistency, your longevity in the game, just to always be making things better um, is just um, it's just why everybody loves you. And I know your community loves you. And like, it's just amazing the work that you've accomplished and are doing. And we just want to say thank you. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, but I love them all, yeah. yeah. I'm like, Lamar, we're, fr- I don't know if you know it yet, but we're like friends now. And so we're going to- oh, There we go, right? <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much again. Let's just wave it, Lamar. Thank you so much. Round of applause, standing ovation. We all want your DJ also. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, and my, my DJ is, I will tell you, anybody let let him know, you know, he, he can play any kind of music. He's uh, Panamanian, so he can play from hip hop to rock to R&B oh. to uh, uh, Latino, like anything to do can play anything. Yeah. Let me know. <laughs> Lamar, is there anything our group can do for you to help you? Because you've given so much here today. How can we serve you? Um, that is a great question. That's probably, that's the one that stumped me, right? It has something for everything. <laughs> no, I mean, you know what, what, what I, what I would say is, is not even so much to help me, but it's to help each other, right? Um, value in a community like this, like I, I talked about, I touched about it briefly before, just value the relationships with all of the people in it. Cause I know a lot of times you come to a community like this, it's easy to say, Hey, you know, Joe and Eileen are amazing. And I saw them on the stage or I saw them speaking or I was on a webinar and get attracted to them. But the amazing value is really when you get attracted to each other mm-hmm. and you form these relationships to where you can show up to serve each other. So if I can ask anything, it's really just like, like that, right? Like, like be cognizant of that, show up to, you know, share with each other. Um, you know, you can follow me on social. I'm just at Lamar Tyler everywhere, L-A-M-A-R-T-Y-L-E-R. Um, and again, I mean, this is amazing. Thank you so much guys for having me on. 
Hey, just wanted to say thanks for listening today. We know there's a lot of podcasts out there and you took time out of your day to listen and we just wanted to say thank you. If you'd like to learn how to do six and seven figure days with virtual events, head on over to AccelerateMyRevenue.com and grab a free ticket to our five-day challenge. We'll teach you how to crush it with virtual events. Hey, remember, the world needs what you alone have to offer. I can't wait to keep you encouraged to go after your dreams. So remember to subscribe and I'll see you on the next episode.